walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecom Podcast. Hey, everybody. Good to be back with you here again. Uh, I want to say a quick thank you to Courtney and Dan. Uh, <clears throat> I hope this doesn't feel like some obligatory thing that I tend to do because it's really not. I am just genuinely enlivened by what they bring to us and can't help but but say something. Uh, Courtney's nuanced pastoral leading through Psalm 42 and 43, that was, it was a much needed uh, balm for me a couple weeks back. It, uh, it was just a very special episode. Um, yeah, spoke to me in ways that um, were, were sort of just, just timed perfectly. Uh, Dan's episode on singing obviously resonated with me as well. It, it cracked me up to learn that the doxology, the praise God from whom all blessings flow, the doxology was written to be sung in private. And yet it's one of the most publicly sung songs of all time. I, I smile now each time that I lead us in publicly singing that as the children are dismissed from the service each Sunday. Gives me a good chuckle. Well, we had a week here. We had a week with a full VBS experience at PCOM. It was it was a special time. Abundant enthusiasm, excitement, collaboration. I can't tell you how sweet it was to see my one-year-old daughter, Elton, so cherished and doted on after I would drop her off at the nursery and knowing what uh, a great day she had when I would pick her up, even though she wasn't easy, especially those first couple days, but she was so well-loved. And then knowing how my five-year-old, Easton, how my son would just thrive among his classmates and his loving teachers and how much fun he would have with the rec teams and craft teams. As, as a parent, I, w- I was just so confident that they were in not, not just safe hands, but loving and honoring hands. I was teaching a fourth grade class all week with uh, Connor Becerra, as my co-teacher, and during our first morning, joining with the whole group, uh, all the kids and all the leaders in the sanctuary, learning hand motions and singing and dancing together, I was just overwhelmed with with this sort of this sort of delicate and weighty sense of oneness. This this weighty, heavy, um, but also kind of bright and lovely, uh, just this connectedness. It was like the, the actions that we were doing, you know, the singing, the hand motions, they were wonderful, but also kind of uh, superficial to what was going on beneath the surface. Like this understanding that those actions weren't the cause of the thing, they weren't making it happen, but they were 
a lovely effect of it, a lovely response to what was going on, almost almost an involuntary response to that that stirring goodness that was happening. God's spirit is always moving, right? God's spirit is always speaking. But there are, uh, as Pastor Courtney has pointed to, there are these thin places where we are made more aware of that movement. We're made more aware, we're more in tune with that speaking, with that voice, with that spirit. This was one of those uh, thin places. And so as I was <clears throat> doing these hand motions, as I was flexing my elbows and raising my hands and stomping my feet and watching this cloud of tiny witnesses do the same, that was a holy space to be a part of. It, it was a gift. And, uh, and wow, to think that, that this is available to us always and everywhere, if we're able to pay attention, what a gift. We, we don't bring it, right? We don't bring it. We just get quiet enough, or in some cases like this, we get raucous enough to witness to it to enjoy it, to soak it in, to share it. And that's, that's something I was thinking about after recording last month's episode about art and poetry. It's a, it's a hope of mine that I would continue to, to uh, approach art as well as faith, to approach art and faith with wonder, to approach these things with wonder and awe and childlike delight. And that's certainly my hope for my kids, that, that their faith and their, um, their experience with the world and with others, that it wouldn't just become another thing where they're supposed to have the right answers and, you know, don't make too many errors. That's not what I want for them. I was a big test taker as a kid and a teen. I loved taking tests, even now as an adult. Uh, I still remember my SAT score with some mix of pride and also regret of having not scored higher because of that one math word problem that I didn't have time to go back and correct when the right answer occurred to me. This is to say... I. I don't think the right answer system, as helpful as it can be, I don't think the right answer system is the path to deep faith and transformation. It can be a nice way to feel good or bad about ourselves and to, to continue to see how we measure up and how we compare with others or to how we compare with our own arbitrary standards, but, but I am convinced that even though test scores and correct answers are often my way, it is not the way. It's just not. 
our new director of children's ministry, Miranda Almeida. I wanted to just say a bit about what we saw from her this past week. I was able to get a picture all week uh, and, and in the planning leading up to the week of VBS. I was able to get a picture of, of how she handled the multitude of stuff coming her way. And uh, Stephanie, my wife, was on campus the last day of camp, and she picked up on the same thing, which was this. Miranda carried herself with such, uh, such poise and with such ease all week long. And her willingness to do that, to carry herself in that way, that extended so much confidence and grace to the rest of us who were there just trying to manage all of the much smaller challenges that we were facing. It would be so easy and totally understandable for her to to kind of push any doubts or worries or anxieties she might have been experiencing onto the staff and volunteers and even the kids around her. It's it's unfortunately a natural thing that we we often do when we aren't sure how to carry the difficult emotions and and challenges we are met with. Like I I don't want this. Uh, I I feel unequipped. I feel overwhelmed. I feel worried about how everything is going to go. And so you know I'm just going to keep telling everyone that will listen how. Busy, busy, busy I am and how the week is approaching so fast and there are too many things to do and why don't we have more volunteers and on and on, which can lead to trying to sort of, then I'm trying to coerce or manipulate or or guilt others into jumping into roles that they are not ready for, which is obviously a, a bummer even to those people who agree to whatever that thing is. And, and the reality is that way of trying to deal with difficult scenarios is totally understandable. But it's really unhelpful in that those anxieties don't actually go away when they are handed off. In fact, they often sort of multiply and grow and spread. And now you've got a circle of additional people trying to carry uh, or more likely hand off to others those same big, scary worries. I should mention that uh, that Steph was able to spot this in Miranda's demeanor, this way of uh, of carrying herself, of holding whatever worries, anxieties, doubts she may have been feeling, of carrying those things lightly and not just sort of dumping them on, on the people around her, but... Um, Steph was able to spot this uh, this poise in Miranda right away, 
because Steph herself leads her staff and her parents and her students in this same way as an elementary school principal. And I will be the first to admit that I do not as readily move in this way. I'm, I'm at times more likely to, to do this very handing off of worries or anxieties onto my kids or onto, onto others I'm hoping to lead or work with. I'll say God, God has graciously been growing me in this area and I'm thankful for that, but, but we've got a ways to go. I should also say, and I imagine Miranda would want this to be said clearly uh, from, from a, a, a deep place of humility, that she, she had a lot of help with the actual work itself. And that was a huge blessing. Tons of creative visioning and crafting and rethinking from Pastor Daryl and Sarah Clay and Kristen Serfoli and Lizzie and Matt. Uh, she had support and enthusiastic collaboration from Pastors Jackson and Courtney. All of the incredible students and adult volunteers that jumped in. It really was a beautiful thing to witness. In, uh, in 1 Peter, <clears throat> uh, this letter was sent to persecuted Christians that were spread throughout five Roman provinces at the time. In chapter 5 of 1 Peter, Peter offers these bits of wisdom to, quote, the elders and the flock. So to the leaders and to those they are seeking to lead. Chapter 5, we hear these bits of wisdom. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. All of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because, and Peter quotes the Proverbs here, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And then Peter writes this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's such a lovely invitation to, to hand off our worries and fears, to hand them over to the source that can hold all of these concerns. Pastor Jackson mentioned this practice of his, something that he does at night, when he's having difficulty sleeping, he prays a simple prayer, something like, God, take these worries, take these problems that I cannot solve right now. I am letting them go because you can hold them. I love that. 
Also, uh, it's an interesting choice that in this text, the English translator makes, right? Translating here from the Greek to choose the word to cast, to choose that verb. So it's not just an invitation to sort of quietly lay down or just to surrender these cares, but to cast them. To cast is to to forcefully throw, to hurl, like, get this thing away from me. I, I love that image. And, and God can handle it. We can throw these things. We can cast these cares onto the one who knows our suffering. We can cast them onto the one who experiences our suffering with us. The one who, like I've said before, doesn't doesn't just pull us up out of the miry pit, as the psalmist puts it, but in my experience, more often first climbs down into the pit to be with us, to sit with us, to hold us, to surround us with loving arms right there in in the mud. I almost used a different word there of what we were sitting in. Uh, But this is a family-friendly podcast (laughs) in the mud. But here's what occurred to me with that invitation. This invitation to cast our cares onto God Maybe this is not just an invitation to turn toward the source of peace and love with our worries, but also maybe it's an invitation to not cast those same cares onto others, onto the flock, onto the elders. And of course, we're we're not talking about the good and valuable and difficult practice of being vulnerable with one another, the practice of, of being open about our difficulties and challenges and where we're in need of help. That type of real unguarded sharing, it may have a similar form. It may look the same as, as what we're talking about here but it comes from a very different place. It has a very different spirit behind it. The invitation of what uh, what not to do is that sort of frantic dumping of anxieties and, and failed aspirations onto our children. God have mercy on us for that. It's not the... The, the placing of our frenzied worries about all the things we think we have to do onto a coworker or a friend, just sort of unloading these emotions onto them in, in hopes that we might not have to carry them ourselves. Like <laughs> sort of this much less fun game of hot potato. You take it. I don't want it. <laughs> In Psalm 55, the author writes, Cast your cares on the Lord, and the Lord will sustain you. Cast your cares on the Lord, and the Lord will sustain you. 
that same beautiful invitation from the Psalms that, that I have to imagine Peter was, was echoing in his letter. And interesting, the Psalms, this Psalm 55 kind of more, more fully fleshes out this idea of, of the invitation not just being about us and God, but also about how we relate to one another. Because the, the chunk that comes just before that invitation in, in this psalm, the chunk that comes just before that says this, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Whew. Talk about, talk about when we try to manipulate or coerce with a cheery expression, but with some real turmoil in our hearts and, and some ugliness in our motivations. Again, the, the form may be pleasant and positive, how it looks, but the spirit behind it boy, drawn swords is, is how the psalmist puts it. I don't want to, I don't want to draw out the clothes here. Um, like I'm somehow sometimes tempted to do it. Uh, I don't want to draw it out like how, how I used to conclude essays in, in grade school where my conclusions would basically be repeating everything I had just said. But, you know, now in summary, <laughs> Any, anybody else do that? Is that just me? <laughs> so let's, let's wrap it up with this. When, when we feel the, the very natural temptation to place our worries and anxieties and fears onto our children, onto our family members, onto our friends and coworkers and anyone we, we happen to encounter, can we pause and maybe just ask ourselves, is this something they can carry? Is this something they need to carry? Is this theirs to carry? And then perhaps instead we can... Can, can, can we cast our cares on the source? Can we cast our cares on the source of all life and goodness and love and peace? The one who can hold them. And by the way, if that same spirit, if God's spirit is alive and moving in each one of us, then there are people we can seek out who by, by God's mercy and strength, those people can help us carry those things and can help us lay them down. There are, 
psychologists and therapists and pastors and teachers and mentors and dear friends who are ready, who are ready and willing to walk with us, to climb down into the pit with us, and eventually to help us lay those burdens down so that they no longer need to be carried. I'll be watching uh, for opportunities to do just that myself. And I can already feel the relief. <laughs> I invite you to join me in that practice. Yeah. That's what I've got for this episode. Again, it's always such a privilege and a pleasure and a, just a joy for me to be with you in this space. Thank you for, for being in this with me. Go in peace.